everybody. Welcome back to Intimate Session on the Rugby League in America podcast. So great to have you back. It's been a while since we've kind of done one of our uh, our Intimate Sessions episodes. Um, you know, we, we had my solo episode last week, which was two weeks ago, which was pretty exciting. And then you know, before that, we talked about how to make it in America. We've had some rugby league in America news of the week as we can continue to put out. Um, you know, and then of course we are on the last episode of Intimate Sessions, we actually had, you know, the uh the Toronto Saints and the Ontario Ospreys on talking about, you know, the life after the Wolf Pack. How fitting it was that <laughs> almost two weeks after that that the Wolf Pack reemerged from the depths of, you know, <laughs> Of, of, of oblivion and came back to start making claims and announcements and maybe we'll get into that a little bit today too. we'll see um really glad to have everybody on i'm really excited for our guest we've been kind of teasing it for oh shit i don't know a month uh, unfortunately we had some scheduling conflicts and we couldn't make it happen but i'm really excited to have on the episode this week from the great state of georgia down there with the atlanta rhinos former usa hawks captain Mr. Nick Newland. Nick, what's going on, brother? Hey, man. Uh, glad we could get this figured out and, and get to get to talking about some rugby league. I know, like you said, our schedules don't always line up, but, uh, you know, it's a busy time of year with, you know, this normal work and rugby in the way league of rugby work. League, and all right? this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if only so, we could do this full time and no, didn't have to like do other jobs like that, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we things had that, that dream. It's, it's, it's gone by now, I think, but oh, uh, we maybe had someday. To- there, there was that dream. There was that, that that acronym called the NARL, which we'll talk about. But um, yeah, obviously, people want to know a lot of stuff about what's going on with Atlanta, what's going on um, with you guys. I, I guess you know, let's start with with the biggest announcement and the biggest thing that's kind of, I guess, has been floating out in the ether for you know the past couple of weeks. Hasn't been officially announced by you all, but I think you guys already announced it. But uh, the whispers and rumors and you know uh, schedule postings seem to indicate that the Atlanta Rhinos have rejoined the USARL. Yeah, and then you know if if nobody's for sure of it now, you know I'm here to say that that's definitely <laughs> definitely it. Uh, we have joined the the USARL again after our two year absence, trying to trying to make dreams come true as we just talked about there in the NARL, but fortunate, unfortunately that didn't come to fruition, but uh, yeah, look, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like we had to beg to be back in and it wasn't like Drew and, and the folks down in USARL South came begging to us. It was a, a simple phone call of, you know, look, you guys seem to be done with the NARL. Do you still want to play rugby league? And the, the answer from us and my guys was yes. And that, you know, that's it. And we're, we're back playing, in our old stomping grounds in the South with Tampa and the Copperheads in Jacksonville and uh, potentially the team down in the speed. I'm, I'm not really quite sure what their standing is these days. It seems to be kind of yes and no, but uh, yes and no. Yeah. But we're, we're excited to be back. Uh, look at the end of the day, uh, the decision was made a couple of years ago by myself to, to give the NARL a chance. Um, and originally the, the, the goal was to play both that and have a team in the USARL. Um, and, and neither of those options worked, and, and we're glad to be back playing with the, the guys we know, and uh, the in the regions we know, and the teams we know, and and like I said, it's it's about our guys wanting to play rugby league still. Uh, I really left it up to them. Said I know we've all got a bit of a sour taste in our mouth in the last two years, but 
the end of the day, do you guys want to play rugby league and go fight for a championship again? And overwhelmingly the answer was yes. So uh, I think we're looking forward to, to the year and to see what it brings for us. I think that's kind of obviously for those that newer to rugby league in America, following the podcast or, or, or they've been around for a while. They know, you know, you guys were in the USARL South. You were competing for the national championship. You won a national championship. Um, and then, you know, come what, 2019 or so pre right before COVID when the NARL started kicking off, you know, kind of, um, there was a lot of like, separation right you have the rugby league united the guys up in the northeast now who kind of they separated were a part of everybody who kind of left originally in the narl separation from the usarl to kind of try and create a pro competition in the u.s um you know what kind of decision i want to go back to the beginning of that like for you it had to have been a pretty you know both tough and easy decision to say hey i want to create pro rugby league in the u.s but at the same time the unknown, right? Then it was the unknown unknown. And now it was kind of like, well, we know <laughs> kind of what yeah. happened with that for the most part. Yeah, it was a difficult decision. I mean, I was approached, um, I'm just trying to think timelines here. So after we won the championship in 17, 18 and 19, were kind of a slower, rougher years for us. We had some turnover and players and whatnot, and we were just kind of getting our footing back. Uh, and then late 2019, I was approached uh, by the folks from the NARL uh, and some of the teams up in the north that were really the first ones to dive in and, and asked if I was interested. And it was, you know, it was yes, it was a tentative yes, but, you know, let me learn more about it because considering this was fall, late fall 2019. Um, and really when the plan started to come into shape, it, it looked like it was going to be a, a really great opportunity to create some sort of pro league here in the U S uh, and I was excited about it. And, you know, that's the, the route we were going. Um, I definitely stuck my neck, neck out there a bit, probably pushing us to that direction, but, you know, I had the support of the players and the other uh, people in the, uh, in the franchise here in, in Atlanta. And then, you know, look, our, our overall goal was to still play in both. We really thought we had the numbers to, put up a professional side with a side in the USARL that would compete and kind of have players going back and forth and fighting for spots. Um, I think after our combine um, in this was 2021 now, I believe because 2020, nobody played with COVID. Yeah, nobody played. I always got to remember this. The last three years are just such a mess. <laughs> yeah. We but don't, I don't COVID even know hit, what date it is anymore. <laughs> yeah. When COVID hit, everybody kind of took a step back. So in 2021, uh, the plan was to have two teams, and, and we realized quickly with COVID, you know, hitting some numbers, and after a, a training camp, you know, we probably didn't have the ability to play two teams. And yeah. I think there was a lot of optimism to the, to the NARL and, and what they were telling us. Um, so the USARL was was kind of, you know, said, look, unfortunately, we're, we're out of this for now and kind of get your – all your cards in a deck in the USARL. Cause as we all know, they had some things they had to, to figure out and, and quite frankly, probably are still figuring out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that some, cause look, I, I probably don't. Yeah. And look, I probably don't know exactly. Uh, frankly, don't know exactly where all those, ca those cards have aligned and fallen into place. I, I've got some idea and I think really it'll take shape heading into 2024 this is kind of the buffer year yeah um 
So I'm excited that we're back in the USARL while, you know, those changes have happened and are taking place, but there's optimism again now. Uh, and I feel like we have a really big challenge here in Atlanta now to really make a name for ourselves again after the last two years of being just talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that goes along with the NARL. There was just a lot of talk and there was some excitement in 2021, a lot of negativity in 2022, as we all know, because we, we only played, uh, one game last year against DC and, DC, and that was yeah. it. So, I mean, look, we had some of, we had three months, three and a half months of training last year. That was some of the best training we've ever had. Unfortunately, we couldn't <laughs> put it on the field for anybody to see. Um, yeah. So this year is definitely kind of a, I don't want to say a rebrand because we did that with the new logo and everything a couple of years ago, but it's kind of reinventing ourselves. Um, and we're doing that from the ground up. I'm going to be, definitely setting the team up for success here from behind the scenes early on. But after that, I've challenged a number of my guys to step up and really take yeah. on some of the the day-to-day and really the game day operations. Um, you know, I've been doing it for seven years now, uh, give or take, and I'm ready for some of these other guys to take on some of those challenges that I've, I've had to take on. So I think that'll only be for the better as these guys kind of learn how this whole thing works. Right. And I think that's, we've talked about that on the podcast before, you know, the, the leaders, those that lead teams right now are, are leading teams, you know, talk about, you, you talked about the speed and talk about other teams that you have like one guy or two guys that are doing the majority of everything. And then yeah. where's the, where's the rest of the 20 something guys who can get involved in some way or another and work on stuff. Um, so, so hopefully that works for you in Atlanta, because I know you have a, history of players who have been around playing league for a while you know been involved with the team over the Koopy Jackson guys like that who we know have been playing rugby league for a while and been successful in it let's go back to kind of NARL stuff because everybody's going to want to know we don't have to go into extreme details if you can't if you're allowed to say if you're still trying to be on good terms with uh, some of the people involved in that but obviously it was it was monumental but at the same time seemed to crash twice, right? You know, we had two crashes. We had the West falling apart and that whole combine in 20, trying to play during COVID in the bubble out there, like it just wasn't going to work, right? Issues with that. Then you had, okay, we're going to redo it again. And then it kind of crashed again. And that's kind of leading up into 2021, 20, getting into 2022, where it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you quiet, quiet. And then, it, then a whole lot of information and then quiet, quiet, quiet again. And then nothing. You know, from from a from, from a owner's standpoint, how frustrating? I mean, how frustrating was that? How tough is that for your players? What did they kind of have to go through on a regular basis? Just kind of this anticipation it's going to happen, and then nothing happens. It's going to happen, and then nothing happens. Yeah, I mean, it was extremely frustrating, um, and I can I certainly give commend our guys, our players, a lot because they stuck with myself um, and I'll include Jordan Smedley, our coach, cause he was uh, very inspirational, especially last year. He, uh, he wasn't so much here in 2021 as we were working some things out, but you know, he came over here last year in, in early April and stayed until I think it was early August. Um, so I mean, we're talking four, four and a half months, mostly out of his own pocket as money never came on a promise of things are going to work out and then they'd crash and then new promises and then crash. And 
you know, look, like I said, our, our guys stuck with it, stuck with me and him through the thick and thin over the last two years, because at the end of the day, they just wanted to play competitive rugby league, yeah. uh, which shows a lot about them. But I mean, it, it was very difficult with, you know, 2021, there was an investment group that was involved that had a lot of hype and there were great plans and a lot of things that uh, were taking shape and a lot of good people involved. And then somewhere along the line, that investment folded. I don't even remember when or why necessarily because we would get part of the story on the investment and part not. And and I understand that because when there's people putting money or supposedly putting money in, you know, a lot of them want to stay unrecognizable, especially by name or or don't want teams necessarily asking where all that money is coming from. Uh, But they had two folks out front who were uh, kind of the, the face of that money and, you know, we had trust in them at the beginning. And I think by, you know, by mid last year, mid 2022, a lot of that was gone. Um, and certainly now it's the, a lot of that trust is gone. So 2021 was, was difficult, ended, you know, in a pretty hard crashing form after we played a couple of games in 21, we played a, a preseason match against Delaware. We played Cleveland. Uh, I think we had one other game. And the Carolina cup that year too. The Carolina Cup, yeah. yeah, they all just kind of, like I said, blend together the last few years. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to remember years there with you. So but it, it crashed hard. So then when, you know, winter and early spring last year came around, there was another new investment group that we knew a little bit more and we actually met with in person and and had more faith in, but wasn't, you know, we were still skeptical a little bit, but at least we had met the person and spoken to them and there was excitement. And then, them, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I think as, as we got to know them more and, and some of the things they were requesting from the teams and there were a lot of red flags all of a sudden. Um, yeah. And once they got vetted out um, by the two individuals who had the NARL name on their foreheads, uh, they disappeared. Uh, and then there was another rumor of, well, money's going to come from here and we'll get it figured out. We'll play some sort of season last year. Um, this was probably around late June, July timeframe where we were going to try and play a August, September type season. So we were like, look, we'll hang around. We just want to play. We want to play. We want to play. Don't care where it's coming from. Let's get something on the field. And then that fizzled out. So look, you know, you can probably hear me talking about it. Just the frustration was immense. Um, and the amount of money we lost last year, uh, you know, we had sponsorship money come in. Uh, it fizzled out quickly. When you're talking about you know, I think that was eye-opening for me when you're talking about operating a, a quote-unquote professional team and offering contracts and paying for fields and paying for uniforms and, and housing for players that have come over and coaches that have come over and cars to, to, you know, give them the ability to move around and a cell phone, just things that everyday things, you don't you take for granted when you live here, but when you're asking players and coaches to come and be involved, you, you quickly realize how quickly these expenses add up um, and how quickly the money goes away. Uh, and then you have to pay for it yourself. Um, and that's hard. That's very hard on grassroots rugby league. <laughs> well, and, and I think that, you know, you kind of said it too. Like, you know, when you got so many expenses to run through, it's like, it's a lot. It, it, it takes a toll and, you know, sponsorship money only goes so far. Most people are not investing in rugby league in the United States. You, you would, there's been kind of the rumor that goes around, you know, that the NRL 
didn't pay any money, didn't pro- or promised money and never gave anything. I've talked to some people and I want to hear if you're open to saying like from, you know, from our standpoint as listeners, people who are following the sport, we heard that teams got paid and then other teams claimed they never got paid. According to you, were teams at the beginning, back in 2019, 2020, were teams initially given any lump, you don't have to give a number if you don't want to, given a lump sum of money to at least initiate the process of becoming more professional as an investor? Yeah, in, 20, in 2021, when that season was supposed to start, the first lump sum of money came in to us, at least, and I believe a couple, maybe half the teams, the other half didn't get theirs um, from my understanding. So again, I don't know what the investment team's deal was or if, you know, halfway through the transactions they pulled out or didn't have the money or what, but the Atlanta Rhinos received a sum of money to start our 2021 season. Um, And as operating as what we were, you know, we had guidelines to meet to, to get this money and guidelines to keep as far as, players and fields and you know requirements from a trainer and you know all the all the things that you would expect for a a professional team to have you realize how quickly that lump sum of money disappears especially when you try to stretch it you know we were supposed to get a lump sum i think it was supposed to get a lump sum every whatever it was 45 or 60 days or i don't remember exactly but after the first lump sum it never came so you realize how quickly that first lump sum goes when you try to stretch it over 60, 90, 120 days, and then even push it into 2022, we were out of money quick. Yeah. Um, You know, and luckily, you know, this year, the sponsors that were with us and have been with us for a long time are still around and I could give them a call, talk to them, explain to them what happened and explain to them where we're headed. And they were happy to be on board again this year. Uh, at least two of them being being Eagle Rocks Distributors, who is kind of our yingling brand that we've always yep, represented. Yep. And then Shark Bite, which is my company. Um, they've always been great. And they don't just su- support us because they're my company. They're an Australian company. They like rugby uh, and they see it as an opportunity to do some fairly cheap marketing. Um, yep. And then Legends, uh, fortunately, are still great. We, I met with them last month. They, they want to be involved, but uh, understandably, they're skeptical about giving yeah. me some money right off the bat because of what's happened the last two years. So, you know, look, he's got a long-term goal. Again, he's an Australian fellow that started the company. Um, they've had good success now in the last couple of years and success for them is just, you know, not being in the negative. They're a small whiskey, you know, distillery that's trying to make a name for itself. Yeah. So, look, they don't have a whole lot to give, but he wants to be involved uh, and help any way he can and eventually you know, invest in the team uh, and be a part owner and, and help it all grow. But, you know, that's the kind of opportunity when you find the right people is there, but we've got to have a product on the field. And unfortunately the last two years we haven't. So yeah. it's a big opportunity in front of us this year to, to reshape what the rhinos are and what we can be. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that, right? Let's, let's get away from the NARL and all the, and the negativity. Mm. <laughs> But uh, and, and we, talk about like the to, moment. We easily find the negativity in rugby league. Wait, we do, we? right? Wow, that's that's hey man, All that's rugby us. league. Rugby yeah. league is always going to rugby league itself. That's what that's what yeah. we always. That's what we've been no, I mean, it's recently. rugby league in itself today. I read a story that the World Cup in France is uh, on the brink. Geez, always. I know. I, I've uh, been uh, Mr. Carboni and I have been uh, messaging yeah. back and forth on this, and 
what that means and things like that. I can't. Who knows? We'll, we'll, hopefully it's just more, uh, less money apparently is being given by the government of, right. of France. Yeah. So. Uh, but that, yeah. that, that's neither here nor there. That's not it. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about that. But, you know, obviously, you know, you, you left the USARL with the ambition for the NARL for two teams. Didn't quite happen the way that you wanted to go out. NARL didn't work out. You know, you said earlier when we first kind of started chatting that, you know, no one was actively saying, come back to the USARL, come back to the USARL. You know, and obviously there's always been the direction of the USARL. Where is it going? What's the organization? What's the leadership like? That's kind of mm-hmm. been the big thing of everybody who's left the USARL originally, who's with the RLU. We talked with Chris Martin. It's the same thing, right? Everybody kind of has that. We just want to know what the direction is going to be. And I and I appreciate kind of that openness. And you know, you're now coming back in. You're the first team to come back to the USARL from the, the exodus. Sounds like a terrible thing, but from the depart well, yeah. from the departure, right? And I mean, yeah. it was an exodus, right? So you, you sure a lot of teams that left, right? So from that exodus from the NARL, you are the first team to come back. From your standpoint, what does that mean? What did it mean to you to come back? What were kind of some of the requirements that you were hoping? You know, beyond just playing rugby. I'm sure there were some other factors that you considered. Um, can you kind of speak to that. What was it that brought you back? To yeah. The, to the league? Um, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been in, in, involved a little bit in the last, what are we probably looking at now? Nine, 12 months of, of the changes that we've been trying, the USRL has been trying to implement. Um, I'm still a little unclear on what those changes are. And that's probably more my fault than anything. And maybe I need to listen to the podcast some more because I'm sure you've gone over it. Wait, um, you haven't been listening to the podcast? Oh, come on, Nick. <laughs> Shit. Um, but uh, look, I think I think this. I think we're kind of using it from a USARL governance standpoint, if you will, as a, a bit of a buffer year ourselves to kind of suss out what's going on because it really sounds like the big changes are going to take place next year, um, and there's going to be a lot more involvement from the clubs, and I think that's what's key: uh, involvement from the clubs that are putting in the time and the effort. And then making sure that goes all the way up to the Inc, the USARL Inc versus just the LLC. Because from what I understand, it's 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 still separate from what I understand. It's just going to be working together better. Um, and look, I think Peter Ilfield did wonderful things for the USARL. I just think it was time for a change of leadership. And it sounds like that's going to happen. Um so we'll just have to wait and see. I, I don't. I don't really have any expectations thus far, other than, you know, I had a. I've been in touch with Sean Ruckerson a lot over the last couple of weeks. I want my guys to be have the opportunity to represent the USA, uh, which is under the USARL still. I want. There's some good players down here in Atlanta that need the opportunity to represent, or at least get a look to represent the USA Hawks. So I think that's number one. Um, and that, you know, extends now to the Pacific coast rugby league. Obviously there's gotta be, I'm sure sure there's some talent out there that needs to get a look. Um, and I wholly agree that if you want to get a look, especially with what's going on with all this separation right now, that you probably need to be involved in the USARL. Does that mean you need to play all USARL teams? No, but you need to be affiliated and take, you know, so right now the CRL and the RLU, I guess they're called yep. up there. Yeah, you, got it. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, 
you know, maybe their players aren't going to get a look, but at the very least you need to be speaking to the USARL on positive terms and say, look, we're, we're, we understand what you guys are about and what you're doing. Uh, we have players that of talent that need to take a, be taken, you know, seriously and offered uh, a spot at some camps. And I don't think Sean and anyone in the USARL is just going to say no, but you've got to show some, you can't just be off on your own, you know, say, I'm so-and-so in Texas and I'm going to start playing rugby league with four teams and we're going to do our own thing. And, oh, by the way, why weren't any of our players picked for some camps in the USA Hawks? Well, it's because nobody knows who you are. And, and frankly, what you're doing doesn't probably deserve any respect because anyone can just go start a league of rugby league somewhere. Yeah. Whether it's good but, or not is highly yeah, debatable. <laughs> but, you know, if you want to pull players for a national team, they should be involved in the national competition one way or another. Um, and, and I thought even if the NARL took off and, and started, those players should have been looked at for the USA yeah. Hawks. Absolutely. I mean, that it, where the talent resides is where you look, and that doesn't mean we were we would have been a part of the USARL, but there would have been communication there, and there would have yep. been, you know, some governing rules being followed, you know. Um, I guess I can't speak to the CRL completely uh, – knowledgeable but from what i've seen and what i hear they're not even playing regular rugby league rules out there then you shouldn't have players who should qualify for a national team <laughs> so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into that in that in this conversation about crl <laughs> but i mean that's just an example i mean i know yeah someone in the midwest yeah, there, there can are... start a rugby league competition that has these rules that's different you know it's just we want the best players to represent the hawks uh, we need a, a number of USA players, preferably at least half the squad. I mean, that was the fight when I was involved was you got to have hopefully half of us USA guys, but is there enough talent and enough people playing right now to, to, to warrant that? I don't know, but there is a minimum number. And then after that, you know, it's going to be harder and harder to find those heritage players because the, the group from 2013 and when I went to the world cup in 17 and, and whatever that's been around, frankly, we're all, in our mid to late thirties and we're not available anymore. <laughs> what are you trying to by say? We, you guys, I mean, guys are all guys. old now? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it, there's a big turnover right now. And, and the only way to get a strong national team and a strong USARL is to get guys out playing yeah. under USARL banner, whether that's the PCRL or it can be the RLU. You just got to follow the governing rules of the USARL. I think um, I actually talked with Drew Slover of the, of the USRL uh, earlier this week, and I believe with the new governance that a, a single player can register himself with the USARL and um, maybe potentially attend a camp or a combine or whatever it may be with the hopes of be, of making the, the Hawks roster or at least an extended roster, whatever it may be. So. I do from, know that from that my understanding, exist. yeah, that's true. I mean, you can right. play so, in any league, but if you register yourself with the USARL and pay the what I think thirty-five, maybe it's 35. fifty now. It's negligible. It's not right. much, but then that gets you into attend a camp when they are camps and and get a look to play for the national team, and that's how it should be. Right. Yeah. So um, RLU guys, you know, CRL guys, if you listen, like you have the opportunity, right? There, I mean, it was on teams and you. There's the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, and, and look, it's it's hard. We're we're probably one of the few countries 
um, that has represented itself in the Rugby League World Cup, you know, not this past time, but two times before that, where you want to go to a camp, you better pay your registration fee, and then you've got to pay your way there and pay your hotel. You know, it's hard. But look, those are the sacrifices a lot of us have made. I mean, the guys from Australia, they got some help here and there, but most of them paid their own way to come over here several times a year sometimes to get us qualified to play in a World Cup. Like that's commitment. There's got to be a commitment from yourself. Yeah. So lots of, lots. B- very exciting. Um, okay. So we're back in the USARL. We're excited for the season. Um, we've got, I think your first game is, what is that? June 27th? 24th, I believe. 24th. The, the, the league, the I think, opens on the 17th with, uh, I want to say it's Tampa and the Copperheads playing each other on the 17th only. I actually had this open earlier. Yes, I have the schedule for. Um, we are potentially, you know, and this this goes on to something that we're we were going to get to, but we might as well get to now. We are looking to likely play our first game actually June third against this is, Tampa. This is, this is yeah okay. So you're going to do like a like so there a might be a slight schedule or? change. We're trying to play June third here in Atlanta against Tampa uh, okay. because the 24th we are looking to keep open to go play the Toronto Wolfpack. What? Yeah. You heard it. So here. they've reached out to first, us. The the first team in uh in, in that we know of that has been contacted by the Toronto Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah. So their, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's worked out week. in that we don't have Silverbacks that weekend. Um, it's an ever changing target. Sorry, the our home pitch the field here in they play, so. <laughs> Yeah, which is a great field. It's where our uh, rugby ATL plays. They've done a lot to that place. It's got new turf again this year. You know, I know a lot of the teams I was talking with Recho the other day and they always like the dog on us. Cause look, it, it's hard to come to Atlanta and then we play on turf and it's hot and it's awful in July and August, but they've got new turf. Uh, it's a great facility. They've done a lot with it, but they're unavailable on that 24th uh, where we originally thought we had it available. So we're looking to move that game against Tampa to the third and then to go up to Toronto to play, play them on the 24th. So I know they've mentioned a 10-game, hopefully, schedule. Uh, we're going to be probably a part of that one and potentially a second one um, late August, sometime in September, hopefully. But um, that's all I know on that front. I'm not sure where they're looking to get the other eight games. I'm sure there's going to be some reaching out to other USARL teams. But, um, you know, look, and it's – I don't want to say it's all tentative, but the Wolfpack have some promises to fulfill before we get on an airplane and fly to Toronto. So the ball's in their court. We're willing to play them um, as long as they come through on some things. And, you know, look, I think it's better for everyone that's playing rugby league in North America if the Wolfpack brand is back alive. Yeah, I mean, come on. It's it's iconic. It is, from from a logo and branding standpoint, is literally one of the best brands like any sure it was done and I, well. look i, and I mean fans. i talked to some of the players and and even fans through social media that are up in toronto and they miss the wolf pack they want the wolf pack back they will go watch them play so it's just gotta it's just it's, you know, one last gas to get them going i think um do will we ever find them in super league again no probably not but do they need to start playing uh some north america teams and hopefully get some following again yes and then you know where it can go from there. Nobody knows, but uh, they got to start somewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I think if, I mean, obviously, 
it's anyway, this is this is not a wolf pack related episode but it is you know it's, it's breaking news and we post it on social media <laughs> I, I mean, it is breaking news <laughs> gotta yeah. take it where we can get it right um you know i i think it's important if they succeed that's great maybe they become kind of a represent you know a representative team for ontario rugby league basically you know yeah. toronto will pack you know the ontario will be you know, like whatever it may be because i don't think the guys from brantford the guys from Bradford and Toronto, the Saints, Beavers, and Broncos, who just wrapped up ORL season, um, very, very short ORL season. Um, but I don't know what it's going to look like for them, you know, playing with the Wolfpack. I mean, who's gonna, who's not going to want to play for the Wolfpack? Hey, I played for the Wolfpack at any point. Um, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, a couple of years ago, if I had the opportunity and they said, hey, you want to come put on a Wolfpack jersey and play? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, why not? I, I've played in Lamport a couple of times, but – uh, both for the USA and I went up there and played oh, this was a couple years ago with um, that was the New York team uh, they needed some players and I went up there and played with them hey, playing at Lamport is great and to do yeah. it in a Wolfpack jersey with the following they had would have been even better because they bring fans out they do so well, let's talk about this season a lot of exciting things coming up any um, I guess uh, your team how's it look as far as guys coming back, are our guys like um, I, I go back to like the the announcement that was made for for your team for the NARL. You had guys like uh, uh, Kalisa and Ikumalu, Kupi Jackson, Jason Jr. Uh, those guys returning. Are you seeing a lot of new guys? What's what's your team looking like for for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, we fully expect I think our core to be back. Um, you know, Kupi, JP. Uh, Sean Hunt, you know, some of our players that have been around. I think speaking early on so far to Hiko Malu right now, who's been our captain, uh, I'm still considered our captain. He may uh, be done with rugby league. He's uh, he's a couple years younger than me, but frankly, and I'll give him you know benefit of the doubt, he's beat himself up playing rugby a bit more than I have uh, over his over his career. And he's got a, a baby and, uh, well, one-year-old now. So he's he's got a lot of other things going on. And look, fully appreciate that. You know, it's, it's his decision. Um, I know he go well though. And I know once, once the guys start getting on him that they're training and looking good and they start getting <laughs> on him to come out, he'll probably find himself out there, but you know, we'll wait and see. Um, past that, I really hope we do get some new blood and I think we will. I know the guys that I've kind of told them to kind of get out there and recruit and talk to the union guys that they know, like, you know, for instance, look, a lot of our players come from the renegades and old white, the big union club teams here. Um, we had a couple of the old white boys come out for NARL and I think they'll be back. Austin Fernandez and, and Nate, um, Nate, uh, big Zach Jessel. Um, mm. I think they'll be back and hopefully bring a couple guys with them. And I know we've had a big, um, kind of young up and coming group of players come into the renegades fold. And hopefully uh, some of those guys will come over and give league a try too, instead of just kind of bouncing around playing four or five sevens tournaments this summer. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I've tried to sell it to a lot of them and, and it takes more than me. It's going to take some of the other guys to sell it. Um, so hopefully we'll see them out there. It's probably going to be mostly player coached. I know Joe Cowley will be around for sure the home games and probably helps player coach some, but you know, look, it's going to be a bit of a rebuild year. We fully expect that, but we know if we get our core group of players, we'll be competitive out there with the likes of Jacksonville and Tampa. Yeah. Speaking of coach, Florida, uh, who's, who, who's, 
improved every year i would say yeah so uh jordan smedley was is he back or is he will he be in no Australia? he won't not this year anyway yeah. we'll see if in the future he wants to come but it's hard to after last year it's hard to pop back over here for a bit of an unknown season i want to say right um, but, from australia yeah, yeah. i can so, imagine he'll be around though we'll we'll consult him on on trainings and a lot of things that he'll help us from afar i'm sure yeah i guess you know as far as this, this season you know you talk about rebuilding you talk about kind of like a <laughs> like finding myself here like finding atlanta what what do you think as far as rugby league goes you know it's been a tumultuous couple of years with the narl crl all the breakups all the things going in different directions um you've been a part of it you've been at the heart of you know these shifts and kind of a national team not not performing the way people would want obviously and you know, not doing well and making the last World Cup, and we got another World Cup coming up, and trying to train and ready for that. Where do you think rugby league is in the United States? And, you know, we can start with Atlanta, but where do you think it is in the United States, and, and what the trajectory is at this point? Yeah, that's a hard question. I mean, from internally, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've I could tell. <laughs> we've arguably hit our lowest point here in Atlanta, uh, to where the fact it was either you know, look, guys, do we want to play and let's go play in the USARL or, or the brand and the team will, will die. So, you know, again, all of the credit to the guys that said, look, we want to play, so let's make it happen. So that's what we're doing. Um, obviously, all the fractures are terrible and suck. Um, I don't think I don't think it'll ever be a they're all going to come together. I think it'll just weed themselves out, uh, you know, some of these leagues in a couple of years, they'll either be relevant and growing or they'll disappear. Um, yeah. I don't think the we'll USARL will disappear. And... That's what I mean, fold up and disappear. The USARL, in my opinion, won't be the one that'll fold up and disappear. They'll figure out a way. I mean, they're the governing body. They have help help from the IRL uh, and, and the European Rugby, Rugby League. Uh, so I don't think they're going anywhere. They can only go up from here. Uh, and frankly, you know, in my time in rugby league since 2014, so in the last nine years, I think we've hit the low point. So and it can only go up, in my opinion. Um, but that's to be seen. And that's going to be on the plate of a lot of other guys, uh, in my opinion, that, you know, that may be new to the sport besides, you know, the myself, Drew Slovers, you know, Billy Nielsen's guys that have been around for a while. I think there's going to be need some new blood to step up uh, and, take it in a new and up and coming direction. I don't know who that is yet, but hopefully, hopefully those folks will, will show up sooner than later. Right. It's a lot of work. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that, that we've talked about on the podcast is, you know, growing the sport here. It can't just be up to five, six guys. It can't just be up to, you know, they say like, I'm just hosting a podcast every now and then and, and doing stuff and doing some work you know, on a website, but it can't just be, it's got to be, 10, 15, 20. It's got to be every player for every team trying to get organized and, and bring people together and be out there actively recruiting and, and finding sponsorships and things like that that can kind of help grow the game a bit better. Right? Um, from that standpoint, and I want to kind of, we'll kind of talk about this real quick before we wrap up. Um, it's been reported uh, out of Australian news that the NRL will be playing a double header in Las Vegas next March. Um, we, 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 we know that nobody, and I, I, I still repeat this, is now 
May 12th, uh, Friday afternoon. Nobody from the USARL, nobody from the PCRL, RLU, Canada Rugby League, or any entity in the Western Hemisphere has been contacted by the NRL regarding this match. Will anybody be contacted? Probably not. But, Nick, I'd like your thoughts on the NRL coming to play here, what it could mean to the sport, but what it should mean to the sport. Yeah, I think I gave you a couple lines on Twitter when it was announced a few weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think my mind has that, changed much that, there. That's um, why I might have asked this question again, yeah. so those who didn't follow on Twitter can actually now hear you. I mean, it'll other than it's you know the NRL and they are the brand that they are. It'll flop just like the game in Denver did, uh, except they'll they probably won't even sell as many tickets because you that don't think game they'll was sell fifteen thousand. Not unless they really start marketing it. There's so much crap that goes on in Vegas on a daily basis. Who's going to care about a rugby league game, frankly, in Vegas? You know, so I get why they're going there. It's a money grab. Um, and it's on the West Coast, which I guess helps because there are a lot of uh, Aussies, Pacific Islanders, people that are probably interested in rugby league out there. Yeah. Um, and why not go to Vegas to watch it? So there'll be some, but I, I mean, there's so much that goes on in Vegas. I don't think it'll make a blip on the, certainly won't make much of a blip on the sports radar here. I don't know when they're, I think they're supposed to do it on the season opener, right? So we're talking what in March? Yeah, March, March, it would be roughly March 3rd. So technically um, it would be before March Madness, which starts on the 19th. So NCAA tournament starts on the 19th. I will say here. it's timing wise it's dead, between the Super zone. Bowl. Between the Super Bowl and March Madness, there's nothing really going on, big sports wise. So, so that's at least the they have that going go. for them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but to your point, the fact that they've reached out to nobody who's involved in rugby league over here tells us that they don't really care. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a miss. I mean, if they cared at all about growing the game here, for uh, I hate using that term kind of because it gets overused in my opinion. Um, to they would the involve game. people um, just like the Denver game really didn't involve anybody. Do you, um, do you, let me ask you this. And I know this is talking rugby league America. Do you think that USARL, do you think that we as an entity, as an American rugby league, and you probably even bring Canadians into this, do you think we should organize something leading up to that to meet in Vegas, to play special matches, to feature American players, you know, just to say, Hey, here's what American rugby can offer. I mean, we, we should, but it's going to be up to the NRL if that is going to be quote unquote allowed. Look, I know when the Denver game was announced here, I immediately got on the horn uh, to the folks in the USARL um, that were prominent figures and whatnot and said, what are we doing? What, how are we not involved in this? What can we do? I'll do anything. Well, blah, blah, blah. And the pushback was, is you know, was, what was that? More entertainment. Um, we don't like them. We don't like what they do. We're not interested. I said, I don't care if we don't like them. You take the opportunity. You know what I mean? You, you figure out a way to play a game and showcase, heck, it's a USA versus Canada game. You know, whatever. Uh, and this is the same thing. You got to take the opportunity to, you know, I still think the NRL should be reaching out to someone over here, but if they're not, there's got to be some proactiveness going on to take the opportunity to put on some sort of showcase that shows, hey, we do play this game over here in the U.S. with players that reside in the U.S. Uh, there's a season every year, you know, on and on and on and, and tell people about it. But you know, will that happen? I, I don't know. Uh, 
That's all I can say is I don't know. It should. Yeah, it should. Um, well, Nick, I really appreciate the time today, man. I know that you're, you're a busy man and you've got to keep getting work done as, as do I, but, uh, really appreciate the time talking about, um, you know, what's going on with Atlanta. A lot of excitement, right? I mean, you know, we, we've talked a lot about NARL split coming back to the USARL, like the trials and tribulations of all of that kind of working yourself, you know, forward into what this USARL season is going to be. Any last thoughts from you you know anything you'd like to share with everybody is, is you kind of get ready for i guess now we're saying potentially on june june 3rd is the opening match between the uh the mayhem is it there's gonna be mayhem and, and rhinos or is uh, yes. it or is the Ackman? okay mayhem. yep um no other than you know look you know give us a second chance i know the usarl is hopefully a lot of the fans are and hopefully we'll see them back out there and uh yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say, I guess, right now. Uh, we're excited. I know the guys that are going to step up and grab some of the reins here are excited. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see. It's It feels like the infancy again a little bit. But um, that'd be kind of cool. be a good 2023, I think. Right, a little bit of an excitement. So, like, and, and keep an nope. eye on, I know, you know, like I said, we've already spoken to Rucho and some of the other teams. We've got some exciting things that we've talked about. That'll be different this year that we'll try to get up on social media to do some hype ups and some, some trash talking and bring back some of the fun uh, uh, rivalries that we had, especially with Jacksonville. You know, they've always been our rival. They still are. That's always the number one game on the schedule that the guys circle. They want to go down there and beat Jacksonville. So uh, there'll be some fun around that, I think this year. So keep an eye out for that stuff. Well, that's that's exciting. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, I really appreciate the time you you know jump on that little rugby league for you know forty five minutes or so. Uh, I know everybody listening is going to be really excited to kind of hear all the great stuff that's going on in Atlanta. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm getting excited. Obviously, we're we're a month or so away, uh, just yeah. just under a month away from what would be the kickoff. Um, you know, if you want to follow Atlanta on social media, what is uh, ATL Rhinos Rugby League, right? On Instagram? I believe that's the... Yeah, I believe so, yep. ATL Rhinos, I believe it's yep. the same on Twitter, close to it on Twitter, but uh, you can follow them. It's, we'll, just, we'll, it's just at Atlanta Rhinos on Twitter. At Atlanta Rhinos? So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Nick Newlin, you are the CEO, President, Grand Pooba of all things Rugby League. We greatly appreciate it. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Um, really do. Um, yep. Appreciate your time. And, Anytime. And great, great appreciate chatting. Appreciate it. Glad we could work it out. Yeah. If you want to continue to follow us on all social media, RLA Podcast on the Instagram and Podcast RLA on Twitter. And what another great episode of Intimate Session. Whew. Can't wait to see what's going to happen on the next one. Until next time, my name is Dustin Thayer. I'm the man with the mic. This has been Intimate Session on Rugby League in America.